it's a big freaking bummer to like be super excited about Halloween and then you try to create a costume and then it just like and like oh I guess it could be this racial stereotype or this racial stereotype <laughs> oh, I don't want to do this do I, I want to just... be Poncho Man or do I want to be <laughs> like any <clears throat> anything else do That's I want to be this Mexican <laughs> or do I want to be that Mexican one of them looks angrier than the other oh boy I feel like I didn't notice too many of those costumes, but it's funny how that's just a trope. Like, I mean, it's not funny because it's not okay, but it's... <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> Racism. No, no, no. It's America. Um, but it's funny how it's just like, hmm, my costume is people. Like, occupational costumes make sense. You're like, ooh, I want to be a fireman or sure, like yeah. I want to be a nurse or whatever. And then I want to be, be a bad habits nun. I think I might be that next year. I was thinking about Which that. Which means I'm a sexy nun. Yeah, but I think I'll be a satanic nun next year. That seems fun. That's hot. I think I've always I think I've always had a theory that I would look good in a habit. They're called wait, what? A habit. What's a habit? That's the name of the outfit that nuns wear. Really? That's why it's called a bad habit. I thought it was like, oh, she's up to no good. I mean, yes, that's she's the pun. She's got bad habits. Jesus Christ, She no. does not take off her makeup before sleeping. <laughs> she has poor oral hygiene. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Lord, she does not brush her tongue. Ew. No, a habit is the name of the costume. She always not bites costume, her hangnails. I don't know what it's called. She's got a bad habit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Make it no, a movie. it's called a habit. Costumes just don't hit the same as an adult. It's like fun when you're a kid because it's like you based it around your interests. But as an adult, it's I know my thought process is, <laughs> am I going to be able to wear this for seven hours straight or am I going to want to rip my hair out? Oh, you definitely want comfort yeah, over anything. For sure. This year, though, I really just wanted to be scary and it wasn't happening. I know. So hopefully next year. But I can tell you this. Mm. When you're a kid, you make it your interests. Yeah. What I should have been for Halloween was just the four-day work week. That should, that should have been me because that's my number one. I need that. What would that even look like? Just a calendar? Just, yeah, it's just a calendar. With, just a, but with that's not even scary. No, but that's what I'm interested in. But you it's know? your ideal. Yeah, instead it's of Mario. Ideal. I'm not interested in Mario as much. I'm interested in not working yeah. five days in a row. Now that's, that's topical. Mm, that's fair. I guess that most Halloween costumes don't have to be scary i guess like people no, dress up as like ones. angels or um like a scarecrow the plug Some... and the socket what do you think the about sexual the sexual innuendo costumes need to fucking die you don't like them no why not they're just so crass and it's like we know you are <laughs> having sex we don't need it advertised in hey, your costume hey, guess what we're banging I gathered that. I'm going to put my plug in her socket. You know what I mean? I'm fine with <laughs> couples costumes. Like, if you wanted to be, like, salt and pepper shakers, like, that's cute. Or, I don't know, Velma and... Daphne. Daphne. Ooh, edgy. Yes, yes, Ooh. yes, yes, yes. Or I can be the four-day work week and you can be the three-day weekend. Aww. Ooh. That's cute. I like that. I need it. I don't know how we're going to conceptualize that in a costume, but I need it as well.
It's Christmas time! Well, kinda. As we start our transition to the Christmas season, we wanted to give Spooky Season its fond farewell. But before we tell you what we are talking about today, if you can't read the title for some reason, you go in blind to podcasts and just say, Episode 10, let's get it. Welcome back once again to the Show Dependent Podcast. It is the podcast that exposes our codependent tendencies with the things that we love. How they shaped us into the people we are today and whether or not that relationship has changed. My name, the Christmas in this duo, Mm -hmm. is Eddie. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are you? I hope this is finding you well. I hope you're ready for the Christmas time and the Christmas spirit and Mariah Carey to come out of retirement. <sighs> she can stay in the bush. But and the one complaining had... over here. I'm always going to complain about her. <laughs> Why? Is she talented? Yes. Do Amazing. I enjoy her personality or temperament at all? Absolutely not. You've never even met her. I've met her in my mind and it was a bad, bad interaction. All right. Well, you know what? I have nothing to follow up with on this. She's a fine lady. She made a bunch of heat. I guess. And we we have to love her for it. I don't have to do anything. All right. Well, (laughs) what you have to do is tell them who you are. My name is Kayla. Hi, guys. Say the line. Hi. I'm the... (laughs) Oh, not that one? (laughs) I'm the Christmas. You're the... Halloween. Okay. I was looking for Nightmare. Oh, I'm the nightmare. Because this week we are covering <laughs> the nightmare, nightmare before, before Christmas. Christmas. And yes, we intentionally left someone's name off that. Yes. Because he sucks. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's get started with me, cute. Hello, everyone. Eddie here. It's not shocking at all. Once again, I really don't exactly remember when I first saw this film. Definitely not in 1993, as I would have been two, but I want to say I first remember this movie when I was around the age of 12. At least I remember definitely experiencing this movie around that age. Middle school was a new experience for me in many ways. I had the fun time of moving right after sixth grade and going to a school where I knew nobody. That's rough. Making it even better was that I was a shy loser, and I spent the first day just sort of walking around and, uh... Here's a detail I forgot to add. I had one leg in a brace. Oh. Because your boy was busy growing too fast. Oh, no. In sixth grade, I was around average height. By seventh grade, I was about six foot. So, you know, things were not going well for my knees. They were buckling under the pressure for sure. It it was, I, I I don't even know how to say it. I fucking played Yu Gi Oh! in the halls during lunch on my first day. Somehow I found out, hey, some losers play Yu-Gi-Oh! in the halls at lunch. You want to do that since you know no one and you want to completely ruin the rest of your oh life? Oh my god. This not, is pretty bad. Yeah, not starting off strong at all. No. Luckily, though, after one day of doing that, I said, never again. You may be wondering why I tell this story. It simply serves to show that I didn't have a lot going on for me at the time. But one thing I did have going on that... I absolutely love still to this day is video games and one in particular I fell in love with and still love to this day that is the franchise the juggernaut a piece of my heart kingdom hearts I'm not gonna go too much into detail on this 
video game, this franchise, because we will probably end up doing an episode on it at some point. But what you need to know is this. This game was created in collaboration by a video game company called Square Enix and Disney. Yes, you heard that right. Disney, that huge company that owns everything. Which means in the game, you travel to various Disney worlds. One of them being Halloween Town. You meet Jack and everyone else, you fight Oogie Boogie, and the whole time they got This Is Halloween playing. I fucking loved it. Now, I I think I had seen the film before this, but either way, that game made me love Nightmare and became... And I became much more interested in learning about it. And the more I learn about the film, the more I am amazed at the skill and execution of everyone involved, except for Tim Burton, who sucks major ass. Definitely right about that. And that's something that... Fuck him! Okay. Pop Tim, you suck! <laughs> We've graduated from ACAB to fuck Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> FTB. 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 Oh, FTB. boy. Yeah, that's something that I've had to kind of come to terms with tim burton has been kind of a huge part of my life so is this film so um i first saw nightmare when i don't know i think it was about in the year 2000 i was visiting my aunt in seattle and at this point i was still terrified of spooky stuff and halloween in general and um i just happened to be visiting in the month of october Yay, the spookiest season of the year <laughs> it was a little i was a little apprehensive when my aunt said I should watch this movie because as soon as she said it was about a skeleton, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. No, that's too much. A no. skeleton? Oh! Yeah, no, I was terrified of skeletons and anything like that. But nonetheless, um, I watched the film with her on her cozy little couch in her tiny little Seattle apartment, and I became obsessed. As soon as the film ended, I picked up the VHS box and started to use it as a reference for my fan art that I started drawing. And from that point on, there was no going back. Every birthday and Christmas, from that point forward, I would ask for Nightmare Before Christmas merch. And I would spend a ton of time in the fall and winter listening to my Nightmare Before Christmas original soundtrack CD. And it had like a bonus CD with extra tracks from different artists covering the songs. And I'd listen to that stuff on repeat. It was like exclusively what I listened to for what must have been three or four years. And then when I got my first email address, that was, of course, inspired by Nightmare as well. I, of course, had to dress up as Sally because how could I not? I, I loved her and her aesthetic. So I was her for Halloween a lot. And I was extremely sad and lonely. Um, so <laughs> I spent a lot of my adolescence just like daydreaming about finding my uh, my very own my very own Jack Skellington. Wouldn't you know it? I got my very own tall, overly optimistic Sagittarius named Eddie right here, and uh, couldn't be happier. Oh, thank uh, <laughs> you. came bouncing, just, just walking on braces through the woods. <laughs> yeah, on braces, straight legs. I guess I could kind of look like him. I kind of did. Yeah. So it goes without saying that Nightmare Before Christmas had a huge impact on me growing up. And I honestly can't imagine my life without that fateful night in Seattle where my aunt introduced me to this enchanting film. Really excited to talk about it and break it down with you guys because um, it's a big part of who I am. So let's get going. Adorable. Fantastic. Let's get to know a little bit more about The Nightmare Before Christmas with our recap. Jack Skellington is the king of the pumpkin patch, and he's essentially the Brad Pitt of Halloween Town. Everyone loves him. 
But just like most burnt out gifted kids, Jack really isn't sure if he likes what he's doing, even though he's really good at doing it. And um, one existential crisis later, Jack finds himself in a mysterious circle of trees that have doors shaped like holiday images. And he is instantly intrigued by the Christmas tree door. He opens it, falls in, and is transported to Christmas Town. He is now convinced this new jolly land is the answer to his prayers of boredom. And he wants to share all of this with his friends back in Halloween Town. So Jack robs Christmas Town and takes the goods back to Halloween Town, holds a town meeting, and none of the Halloween Town citizens really understand what Christmas is. But in order to hold their interest, Jack spins the Santa Claus role into a creepy version called Sandy Claus. Sally, the manic pixie ragdoll scarecrow dream girl of this story, is not so sure about all of this Christmas stuff and tries to warn Jack that this whole taking over Christmas thing may not be such a good idea. But like a typical man with tunnel vision, Jack ignores the lady and pushes forward and has a trio of trick-or-treaters go and kidnap Santa so Jack can take his place this year and give him a day off. Meanwhile, evil is brewing beneath the streets of Halloween Town as the dastardly Oogie Boogie hears this plot of Jack's from the trio who are actually Oogie's henchmen. And then he plots the demise of the actual Santa Claus. Sally attempts to sabotage Jack's takeoff on Christmas Eve to no avail. And Jack goes from house to house delivering devilish toys to the little boys and girls of the world. And in order to put a stop to this, the U.S. military shoots Jack out of the sky with missiles, <laughs> effectively killing him. He's already dead, so it's okay, because he's a skeleton. Anyway. I understand. Yeah, he's, he's fine after the landing. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but Jack realizes that he made a mistake and decides to rush back to Halloween Town to see if Santa can still save the day. When Jack returns, he finds both Sally and Santa in the evil clutches of Oogie Boogie. But Jack quickly flips the script on Oogie's ass and saves the day. And Santa, of course, is able to save Christmas because he's Santa, duh. Now all the holidays know each other and things are back to normal again. Jack finally realizes that Sally's in love with him and the film ends with them sharing a hug and a kiss on top of Spiral Hill in the moonlight and they all live happily ever after. The end. Adorable. So cute. Just like the U.S. military. Go on, shoot it down. We said, mmm... That is not an authorized... What's it called? That looks like an illegal alien. Let's go oh, and take Jesus it out Christ. now. What, what, what's the thing that flies in the sky? An airplane? No. Authorized. Hmm. What's in... It's like a vehicle, but it's in the air. Aircraft. There we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is not an authorized aircraft. We're going to kill the person inside of the thing. Is that someone trying to spread joy and cheer? Take them out. He trying to do that we'll talk about whether or not he was successful <laughs> well since since i've <laughs> keep it going do it commit to it <laughs> since we have already done anal um would you like to go study with me <laughs> no oh no <laughs> i could never bring you home to my mother like this oh gee well you're the one that did this to me yeah well you should have thought of that before you let me do that to you you're right, I'm just a useless whore. It's fine. That's exactly right, and I'm a man. <laughs> now get out of my sight before I call the police on you. Oh, no. I'm hysteric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, let's get to know a little bit what's more. What's changed? Whoops. Nothing. Let's go steady with Nightmare Before Christmas and start off real strong. 
By strong about, and hard. Talking about Tim Burton and just how much this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. Now let me let me get this out of the way here. Yeah, we need to we need to conquer this hill off the bat. For my part, I'm gonna say I never really enjoyed Tim Burton ever. I've enjoyed a few of his films. The only one that I can really think of off the top of my head is, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I can name a Tim Burton film that, like, I love. Can you tell me? Batman? Like, see, I didn't think it was that good. I haven't seen it, so I can't really give any I know a lot of people input. hold it up as this pinnacle of Batman movies. For me, I didn't really give a shit. I was young when I saw it. Yeah, but I also love Batman. Yeah, and it's Did also not, not the enjoy. it's not the Batman that you like. You, you I don't no. think you're attracted to like the more campy style. No, yeah, I don't know, because it, it's like, ooh, it's dark, like the penguin dies. I don't give a shit. I was watching the animated series where darker shit was happening all the time, mm-hmm. and it looked cool because it was animated. Yeah, but like Edward Scissorhands didn't really enjoy, even though people constantly said that because my name is Eddie. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, I want to say he did Pirates of the Caribbean, but he didn't. No. So <laughs> I think that. why I think why you think that is because he collaborated with Johnny Depp a lot. Johnny. Yeah, it's so just what, what Johnny. Are, and he didn't even do this fucking film. No. So what did he do? Can you give me examples? Um, Edward Scissorhands, uh, Beetlejuice, right? He did Beetlejuice. I think so. Which is pretty good. I don't know. I, let me look it up, or you can pull it up while I while I rattle off some more. Um, Corpse Bride. Not for me. I love Corpse Bride, so that's that's another hard that's one. That's fine. Did we see um, it? I think I made you watch it, yeah. I don't remember it at all. Okay, well, we can talk I'm about sorry. that later. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I just, yeah, those are really the only ones I really can think of. For some reason, he was like a huge hit in like the, the late 80s, early 90s, I think. He did do Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was right. Um, okay, let me let me give you yeah, a sense. Let's now give it, what's it? What's the equivalent of discography? But I mean, for it's called directors. a filmography, filmography, but I'm just going to give you a few. Yeah. Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands. For some reason, they put The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Ed Wood, never heard of it. Sleepy Hollow, Pretty Fire. Corpse Bride, not for me. Sweeney Todd, not pretty good. Mm-hmm. Frank and Weenie, never seen it. Cute. He also did Batman, Batman Returns, Planet of the Apes, which got shit on, rightfully. Big Fish, never saw. And then, like, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah, He's kind of, like, the one ass where... now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I got <laughs> I got really bad bangs in high school, and for a brief time, I looked like his version of Willy Wonka. Fantastic. It's not good. Anyway, he's not a good guy. Yeah, let me just finish here by saying, yeah. after looking at this filmography, when I think of Tim Burton, honestly, I do think of Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. just because, like, they put his name on top. Yeah. And that's the film I probably enjoyed the most if I was thinking Tim Burton films. But guess what? Here's the thing. Yeah, it's it's annoying because he gets his name on the project, but really he just kind of gave the idea and the premise. But everything else was really done by Henry Selick. He was the director of the film. What's even more frustrating is that he gets his name on something and he's a living piece of shit. Which sucks. Oh, much like a lot of people. Weird. Yeah, it's it's that really this weird goober that probably jerks off onto skeletons. Mm-hmm. Is a little bit of a strange. He's guy. a little problematic. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But it's not in a cool way. No, no, no. We ain't talking Bo. No, we're not talking Bo Burnham. Unfortunately, he is somebody that I was idolizing growing up, but 
as as with a lot of people, I'm sure now as more is coming to light on like Tim Burton's really problematic beliefs and some stuff he said in the past is coming to the surface. It's like, oh damn, like I I still love Nightmare. It's just really difficult to appreciate anything that has this man's name on it now because he's just a, a racist piece of shit. And um, yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to feel that bad about this one. No, right? not about he this one. really didn't have much to do with anything about it. No. I don't know. It is it is a shame. It sucks finding out that people you've enjoyed mm-hmm. are not great. Yeah. Tim Burton. It's yeah. always... People go so far out of their way with this guy to make excuses for his racism, mm-hmm. I feel. Because what do you always hear? Oh, he has an aesthetic. Uh, what the fuck does that mean? I'm sure Hitler had an aesthetic too, and it <laughs> and it's kind of lining up with Tim Burton. So uh, I don't know what excuse you're making here. Yeah, you know? it's really rough. It's just why would they go so out of their way to just explain somehow explain it's, why he doesn't cast black people? Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, it's also because like they don't. I was a Tim Burton stand for a while, and then all this stuff kind of happened, like was coming out, and I was like, oh a damn, Timber like, stand. <sighs> yep. Sorry. Nope, it's fine. Fine. <laughs> but I was, n- I don't think I was ever going to defend him because I'm not that attached. Like, I'm not part of a cult. Like, I enjoy some of this stuff, but it's not like the end all be all. Like, it's so weird how people are so quick to defend a total stranger and defend them for like the shittiest things, too. I got to figure out how to defend this guy I've never met because he made some movies I kind of like. Yep. I got to defend his um, racist things that he said in the past. Yeah. It's like what people do with fucking Elon Musk. Some weirdos <sighs> on the internet go out of their way to defend this guy when he receives valid criticism. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's fine. He's got a lot of money, so it's okay. What? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. What are you talking sense. about? It does not make sense. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Henry under the bus, Henry Selleck a little bit. Because hey um there is like a racial stereotype in this film in oh, Nightmare. That's a strange. That was really unnecessary. They they tried I don't know if they were trying to be inclusive, but uh boy oh boy did they hit the, they missed the mark. They missed it completely. It was a different time. It was it was nineteen ninety three. It was not long ago. Oh the nineties were different. Like, they really were. But does not excuse this at all, because when we watched it this time, I completely either did I had not, not... never noticed. Did not register it or blocked it out of my mind. Yeah. Because there's some Asian characters yeah. near the tail end of the film. Yeah. They have... Y'all, I'm telling you, <laughs> the full-on stereotype yeah. slit eyes. Slit eye, like, made out of clay. They don't even really move... When the characters, like, Mm-mm. scream and Mm-mm. are, like, expressing, it's just full-on, just, they may as well have just painted little horizontal lines on these oh. little kids' faces. It was, it's rough. I looked at it, and I looked at Kayla, and looked back again, did not say a word, just, Oh, boy. You're seeing this shit? Yeah, oh, I'm seeing it. Probably seeing it for the first time, if I'm being honest. So the point is, everyone's got a little something, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go as hard as Tim Burton has gone, as consistently as Tim Burton has gone, yeah, you gotta stop making excuses for this man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And start realizing there could be something a little bit deeper here yeah. than just the guy kind of likes gothic 
and for some reason people think if gothic is portrayed there can't be people of color yeah it makes no sense also he has like insane anger issues yeah he punched a hole in yeah. the wall or kicked yeah a hole he the kicked wall? a hole through the wall uh, during the nightmare production, when he came and visited set one day, can you imagine seeing that tiny little man just me 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 and then running off? I'm gonna go do Batman. Fuck you, Tim. The hell was that? Yeah. And then Disney said, "Fantastic, put his name on it." Disney said, "I don't know if we want to greenlight this. Oh, this is making money. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take this project now. It's now ours." Yeah. So for if you guys don't know. Disney was originally, from what I understand, Disney was originally approached with the project and they said, fuck you with your stop motion shit. Like, that's a lame idea. It's not going to work. But uh, I guess if like Tim wants to be involved, fine. We'll, we'll go with it under Touchstone, which was like their sister production company um, that was doing more like more creative stuff, less mainstream Disney bullshit. But... Basically, it started doing well, and then Disney decided to slap their name on top of it. Because originally, it was a Touchstone production, but as soon as Disney realized they could capitalize on it in a major way, boy, oh boy, did they start doing so. My name is Disney, and I'm here to say I'm going to milk every last bit of money out of Nightmare Before Christmas in a major way. Too many syllables, but much better than the first try. Put our name on it now. Jesus Christ. Disney really... To this day, makes a ton of money off of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. So and they didn't even want it at first. No, you don't get to no, go no, no. back. No on henny it. penny bullshit. You didn't help make the bread. You don't get a slice, bitch. Oh, that adorable little chicken. Mm. Was she a chicken? Yeah, she's a hen. Henny, henny penny, penny, my yeah. lord. It finally clicked. Thirty years into your life, and we just got there. I'm so proud of you, dear. Thank you. Yeah. So this podcast here today that you're listening to i want to go on record and say we're gonna get justice for henry selick here he deserves all the credit and we're gonna go hard for henry selick because and everyone else involved danny elfman and caroline i forgot her last name oh god we need to find it because she needs her credit but she wrote a lot of tim burton's films like all of the successful ones pretty much her name is Caroline Thompson. Thompson. Yes, Caroline Thompson. Justice for them, because it's ridiculous that Disney said, who's a big name? Tim Burton. Hmm, he really didn't have anything to do with this. Put his name on it. Fuck That'd him. be like the WWE taking one of their big names of the past, mm-hmm. let's say The Rock. Yep. Just slapping his name on top of The Nightmare Before Christmas and saying, hey, there you go. It's The Rock's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. And then people would be, hmm. I don't think this has anything to do with the rock. <laughs> would you tell me this man could might possibly pin a skeleton? Uh-huh. God damn it. I'm, I'm there. In. I'm there. Here's a fun fact. Ooh, fun fact. <laughs> Show you, you know, Kayla was saying a bit of a Jack Skellington type myself. Yes, you I'm are. I'm going to say Jack Skellington himbo energy. Oh, yeah. Here's some himbo ass energy from my dumb ass self. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty certain as a youth... I saw this film and said, damn, that's some crazy animation right there. Mm-hmm. How the hell they do that shit? Yep. Henry Selick. Didn't know it was Henry at the time, but Henry Selick, you wild for this one. Mm-hmm. I think I legitimately found out this was stop motion maybe around the age of 17, 18. Oh, I did not know what this medium was. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, like, damn, 
how come other movies don't have this much detail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How come we got The Lion King? Yeah, it looks amazing. It's cartoon. But like, how come it don't look detailed like this? Mm-hmm. If they got the technology, where is it at? Yep. Little did I know. It's one of the most expensive things you can do on this goddamn planet. They're just taking pictures of dolls. Yep. Yep, they are. Yeah, that was like that was the probably the biggest thing for me about this film was learning about stop motion animation. Because you can ask Eddie like pretty much if it's stop motion, I'm going to fucking watch it. Cuz I love the medium. She's a sucker for the stopping of the motion. I I am. It's so cool to me. It's such a painstaking art form. Even to this day with all the technological advances that we have, it's still a huge labor of love and an amazing artistic medium. So as soon as I found out that Nightmare was what it was, I immediately was just like, oh. Just fell in love even more, huh? This is so cool. It's so cool. I, I, I cannot imagine. Because with some of... What's the company that does the stop motion now? Coraline? Linka? Yeah. Or Del- Lanka? I don't know how to say it. But yeah, like Coraline, Kubo. Cujo. Bo- Cujo. Nope. That's nope. the bird. It's Kubo. That's the dog. Yep. Oh my God. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of Box himbos. trolls. Yeah. Paranorman. I don't think I saw that one. Oh, it's a good one. But what I'm trying to say is yeah. they often will do little behind the scenes videos at mm-hmm. the end of those films and yeah. they show their hands and they're just constantly moving because I I don't I could never do this. I could never do this. It's insane. It's one frame at a time. Yep. Imagine. It's a lot. It's a lot. And of having work. to make everything and all the little details, like I said, watching this as a kid. You could see, you know, all the little lines mm-hmm. on the the, the figures, ground yeah. and Spiral Hill and all the pumpkins and Jack Skellington, you know, looks so detailed and mm. all that. Sadly, you could see the stitching. Yep. And I was just, again, and yeah, I was a kid. I was looking at Nintendo 64 graphics thinking <laughs> it, it ain't ever going to get better than this. This is the this is the best. I am actually controlling a real Italian plumber running around fucking hoorays, yoo-hoos, <gasps> and yee his oh. way through a castle. It ain't ever going to get better than this. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Nightmare and was like, how'd they get better than Nintendo 64? Mm-hmm. Where's the detail? It's fantastic. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about like the stop motion medium is just like the warmth that like the textures bring to everything. Because like, yeah, you can have a really well done uh, computer animated film, but there's just some like tactile warmth to every stop motion film that I've seen that I just I love. It's just so it's almost like gummy. To look at. Yeah, oh, I agree. Because mm-hmm. you can see it. You can see Nightmare and you can, you know, you get the sense that they are real yeah. in this world because they are. Mm-hmm. Even though they're toys or dolls or dioramas or whatever. Models, yeah. There you go. Models is a better word mm-hmm. for it. But you get the sense that they actually exist in the world mm-hmm. and they feel real yeah. when you look at them, it's which is it's, crazy. They're, they're grounded in an actual environment. Mm-hmm. It's not one that exists on a computer plane it's a real set piece with lighting and effects and sometimes makeup and all sorts of stuff who do you think owns the jack doll i would i would hope it's danny elfman 
I really hope so, too. I do think that he has a lot of nightmare things. As the voice of Jack, I think he definitely deserves to have at least one of the original figurines. Yeah, that'd um, be so cool. Yeah, because imagine? it's kind of startling. Like, you don't realize how big the, the dolls are. They're pretty tall. Like, if you were to be able to... I think that Oogie is, like, three feet tall. Ooh, little boy. He's little? Little boy. You trying to tell me that Chungus is little? I'm 6'3". He's half of me. I know, I said, but... get over here, you little thing. But manipulating him in a space sounds very taxing. <laughs> <laughs> I want a video of him just jumping around in my room. Oh, he's so just cute. bouncing on the bed. That's why we have these filters on our phones we can use. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but it's still Looking not him. Boogie's cute. Mm-hmm, he is. Dang, then how tall is Jack? Jack is taller than him or no? Um, I think they're about the same height, but like, Oogie's girthy. That boy thick. Mm-hmm. Give that boy four C's. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And he could get thicker. I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I want Oogie Boogie double thick. Oh, no, they made him thicker. They made him into a Squishmallow, which I will never get to Aww. fucking own. Because hey, apparently they you, don't exist. scalpers. I'm not resentful about not being able to own a plushie at the age of like 26. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Stop motion is fantastic. It's so cool that you can take a sculpture and make it move and breathe and shake its hair. And uh, it's and this was like, in my mind, the first real full length stop motion film that really came to the masses so this is a really influential film not only for for me as a person but for like the media the medium in general well, probably yeah i think it's pretty much credited as the jumping off point mm-hmm. it's the avici of the stop motion world let let henry know let henry selick know he is the avici of the stop motion world exactly only shout he's out still to alive. henry selick shout out <laughs> to avici rest in peace <laughs> Hey, I was Henry. waiting for you to like shit on me for bringing up the fact he is dead. No, it's fine. Um, I yeah. send a prayer up. Yep. Even though I don't pray, Pieces. send one up. Yep. Mm-hmm. To Vici. Yep. Hope he's just bumping the tunes eternally. Absolutely. Can you imagine? That's so that's cool. heaven. I that's got, heaven oh. is being with Avicii. Let's be honest. He has a song. Yep. Where it says, "No, yeah, where I think I just died. Yeah. And went to heaven. It's his Coldplay collab. Yeah. Oh, it's so but good. it released after he died. <laughs> oh. I'm getting sad. Stop. Okay. Can we stop? <laughs> Let's continue. Because you know what else is fantastic? What? The music. The music is astoundingly good. The music in this by the GOAT Danny Elfman. I I really, really like him. And Danny, if you're hearing this, please don't disappoint me. I really don't want you to be a racist piece of shit that like assaults <laughs> women. Please don't come out uh, in like Elfman, 10 years and ruin this so. for you, me. I love you. You get the sense... Because he's been around for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the sense he's just a good guy. I think so. And I really, 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 really hope so as well. But, but Danny Elfman is probably, if you can think of one of your favorite TV show or film scores, Danny Elfman has probably done one of them. Mm-hmm. Like he did Nightmare. He did The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. He's done so much more. He did the music for Fifty Shades of Grey for yeah, you kinky assholes wild. out there. <laughs> That's so wild. I love it. It's fantastic. But Danny Elfman, you know, in the in the Netflix show, The Movies That Made Us. Yes. They have an episode on Nightmare and they say, while Danny Elfman was sad that he didn't get to voice Jack, he made the call and said, you know what, that's okay. Mm-hmm. 
I'll really just put my all into the music yeah. and be the voice, the singing mm-hmm. voice of Jack. And it's just, I so, mean, the the way the way it comes through to me is so insane mm-hmm. because we were watching it. And during the song Jack's Lament, I'm going to go a little bit forward before yeah. we go back to This is Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's the second song in the film. Correct. Jack's Lament, where he's talking about like essentially how depressed he is with doing the same old thing every single day. Oof. Just, I mean, this man sings it beautifully, but the composure? Yes, is it the composition. composition. There mm-hmm. we go. No, I know what you were going with, yeah. It's so good. It, like, so well conveys to me sadness. Yeah, it's very melancholy That I looked feeling. at Kayla and I was like, this song is legitimately sad. Like, mm-hmm. it makes me sad and it makes me feel bad for Jack. Yep. Just in the instrumental. Mm-hmm. Let alone, then you put the lyrics over it and you're like, Fuck. And Danny's amazing voice. If you guys yeah. don't know who Oingo Boingo is, please go listen to a few it's of their a songs. Dead man's party. Who could ask for more? more? That's a hit. That's a I hit. I fucking love it. Oingo Boingo, Danny, goodness. I always ha- I have an Oingo Boingo CD in my Boingo. in my car, and always around Halloween, I'll, I'll throw it in there. I'm like, ooh, Danny Elfman, <laughs> I love ooh. you. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah, but the music does such a good job. It plays on a trope that Eddie became aware of recently and he educated me on. Oh. It's it's used a ton in a lot of horror films typically to evoke like tones of death and depression and sadness. Uh, what's it called again? It is the DS Ray. DS Ray. Yeah, it was an old church hymn that they did for funerals. For funerals. Mm. So it goes like bum 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 bum. Yep, it's that note sequence. So you can hear it. You hear it all throughout Nightmare. It's constantly like the theme. And um, it's especially apparent in yep. Making Christmas. Making Christmas. Ba, 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 ba. Yep, yep. That's, <laughs> that's that. And Which that's is funny because so cool. it's just now hitting me now. I'm dumb. So it's <laughs> just now hitting me that, whoa, they're making Christmas, but they got the DSE ray, which means they're like making dead things. Because it's Halloween. This so just like hit him, guys. I watched the light like, turn on in his eyes. <laughs> Good Lord. So they're doing yeah, like honey. dead stuff. They're making mm-hmm. dead things. Mm-hmm. Like Halloween. But it's it's great because the, the, the note sequence is paired with things that we associate with Christmas like jingle bells. Yeah. That's in the composition. It's interlaid with it. So it makes that like that dissonance even more apparent and especially with the juxtaposition in that scene jumping in between christmas town and halloween town oh yeah and you get to see just how fucking wrong they're doing christmas they think <laughs> it's like one of those moments you're writing a report mm. for a class disgusting you're knocking it out of the park oh good in your head <laughs> you're you're flying yes it's all making sense fantastic you turn it in you said, I fucking killed it. You mm-hmm. killed it. You go celebrate. Next class, you get it back. Teacher hands it to you upside down. You're like, immediately, wait a minute. Wait, wait why is now. it upside down? What? Why, they must just be playing with me. They just, they, and you flip it over and it's C minus. Or D plus, maybe. Yeah. yeah and you just, but, uh, but, but I, I worked it. so hard. I thought I did great. Yeah. They, yeah, they really tried. The didn't problem they? was, you know, I asked you to write a poem. And you gave me an essay? Yeah. So you just, while it was good, that's not what I wanted. Yeah, not what I wanted at all. Okay. Damn. Well, whatever. The poor citizens of Halloween Town. So sad. 
I think this is a good transition to go back to the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This Let's is talk Halloween. about it. So cool. Such an iconic song. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween, at least in America, I assume around the world, mm-hmm. in places that do Halloween. Yeah. But you hear that song, you immediately think, let's get spooky. Mm-hmm. This is, it's one of the pinnacles of the Halloween music genre, I think. Absolutely. It's funny to me, because I know, Kayla, you've talked about it before, mm. and I want you to elaborate on okay. it now. It's funny to me that Danny Elfman, I'm sure he purposefully included the line, but we're not mean. Yes. That's our job, but we're not mean in mm. our town of Halloween. So it's like them saying... Yeah, this is our job, but guess what? We can be spooky and creepy and gross and scary, but we're not evil. We're, we're still respectful. Yeah, we're still respectful. Like, that's just what we do. We're spooky and we want to scare you, mm-hmm. but we don't want to, like, do it maliciously. Yeah, we're not malicious. We're, we're, we're just doing our, our darn jobs. Which is funny because you see the characters. They would be pretty terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. IRL. Yeah. And yet, including that line makes it seem... Oh, well, they're just nice. Mm-hmm. They just enjoy being scary. Yeah, and they're kind of, it's not their fault they look that way. <laughs> it's just how they are. <laughs> it's just, I was just born this way with mm-hmm. snake hands. Yep. and oh, The worst one is drippy face, dude. That guy was gross. Blech. Yeah, super yucky. Mm-mm. But this is Halloween. You get introduced to everyone. Mm-hmm. Love Oogie Boogie being on the moon. Oh, yes. Very, very iconic silhouette. Who's the scariest monster? A drippy dude is fucking nasty. I really don't like him. I would say it's the one hiding under your bed. Oh, yeah. He's huge. And he's got the weird, like, dislocated mouth, right? Isn't that him? No, no, no. Who's that one? I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. Yes, that's him. Yeah, the one he's... with like the the high the hi hat. Yeah, style head. Mouth. Yeah, he's like a symbol on a drum so kit. So he can like, eat anyone. He can just. How does he swallow? Does it go down like a funnel, like the little funnels at McDonald's where you put like a nickel in and goes woo down? Yeah, kind of like a Venus flytrap though, because they're skinny. Maybe he absorbs it through his veins. I don't know. I really like him. He makes good hats. Yeah, he's pretty creepy. I like the vampires. Yeah, and they have good harmonies. They do. They know how to harmonize in Transylvania, apparently. It's fantastic. What, is, what are your other favorite songs? I mean, What's This is a bop. Christmas. Yep, it's so good. It's just, ooh, as soon as I hear that, I'm just, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it the 25th of December yet? Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. I like all of the songs in this film. There's a reason is there not, that I... Is there not a low point? If you had to. I would say low point would be kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's the, fun. I think. I love the trio. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, meh. I think it goes on a little too long. Yes, it is too long. That if is also my complaint. If we had to critique, just because, you know, I think we always have to think, well, if everything's amazing, what would be the worst? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long shock and barrel. They're cute. They're cute. Little deviant assholes. Mm-hmm. Love them. I like Barrel. Yeah. I always liked them because I associated them with me and my brothers. Because there was one girl and two boys, just like how it is in my family. So Does Barrel roll around? Or am I just making that up? No, he's in a barrel in a scene. And he rolls on it. uh, I think it might be Kingdom Hearts as well. I don't know. I constantly picture him, instead of walking, he rolls Mm -hmm. to get places, which is very funny to me. That is funny. Yeah, probably Kidnap Mr. Santa Claus would be my personal low point. 
But other than that, I mean, I mean, it's still a really fun song. The lyrics are fast and really fucking <laughs> mean, but good. Mm-hmm. Poor little Santa. He doesn't Poor deserve that. Poor little boy. Oh, Santa Claus. Santa. Poor Easter Bun. Oh, Easter, Easter Bunny did not deserve was that. so afraid. So scared. Just dived right back in. Yeah, I, I would too. Here. Do you think it could talk? Apparently not. It didn't say anything. Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he probably doesn't speak. Can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. Because this is something that bothers I think you? I'm, I'm fixated on and somewhat bothers me. Okay. Just because of the implication that I get from this film. Okay. So they do This Is Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning. Yes. And then immediately after, they celebrate and say, it was a great Halloween. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again next year. You yeah. know, how we're going to make yeah, it better. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, to me, that means that Halloween for them is just like one performance. Yes. And then like, oh, that's Halloween. Yep. What's next? And I just feel like that's weird. Like, what what, what does that do? That's why Jack's so depressed. It's a perpetual loop of doing the same thing mm-hmm. and building anticipation for one night a year. But it's just, we just do a quick musical number and Halloween's over? Yeah, I don't know. Because they don't. Because they seemingly don't go scare people. Mm-hmm. They just do it there. But it's like, what's the point? We know we're scary. Yeah. Why are we doing it to other people? I I don't know. The only kind of way I could see it being explained, potentially, will require us to jump forward in the plot, which is fine. But at the end, where Jack lands in the graveyard after getting shot down, he transports to... Halloween Town via a tombstone a, pile driver, like a mo- no, like a mausoleum. By the Undertaker. He goes into like a mausoleum and is able to return to Halloween Town. So what I would wager is that the citizens of Halloween Town are able to go into our plane mm. through portals similar to that. And we're just seeing a window so of maybe, some of the celebration. Yeah, so maybe that's their ending thing. Yeah. You know, we scared all the people, all the mm-hmm. kids. Now let's go do our little thing. Then we do a kegger at the fountain. <laughs> and nut over Jack because he is the bone daddy of it all. Hey, and it looked like it was both men and women trying to get at Jack. I mean, do you blame them? You know, I just want to say, you know, Jack is all inclusive. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. But Sally's got his heart, so. Jack. He looks very cool in the pumpkin thing. Oh, the scarecrow outfit that he lights himself on fire in? That is a scarecrow. That is a scarecrow. And he looks fantastic. Very metal to light yourself on fire and then jump into a fountain. (laughs) It's pretty sick. You know what I just thought of? What? If this film franchise wasn't so protected, Mm. because it is protected, they've done like nothing else. They've done comics funny That's enough comics it, and, and a video game yeah here's a fun fact for all of you the nightmare before christmas does have a sequel and it's a video game <sighs> yeah it's kind of fucking cool because in it i think oogie boogie leads an assault on the other holidays oh. and he becomes some sort of big almost controlling of all the holidays oh, monster no. he's thanos of this universe yeah, he, no! he controls the fucking infinity stones and holiday <laughs> form he's got like a turkey stone mm-hmm. and an <laughs> easter egg stone yeah and yeah. a little t- uh, a green top hat for mm-hmm. saint patrick's day and it's, stone it's very musically based and yeah. it plays doesn't similar... jack have like superpowers yeah where it he's plays like, like devil may cry jazz which yeah. is funny <laughs> but anyways 
it's a weird thing. I was just thinking, if it wasn't so protected, we would have definitely gotten the terrible um, mix of real life CGI blend where, like Nightmare Before Christmas, in the real world, no. and then it's just Jack doing the whoa where are we and a kid like gee you're tall mister and he scares the <laughs> shit out of him and then he's like oh, oh this could be fun and then it just plays imagine dragons or something yeah. as the halloween town people run around our real life could you imagine no how shitty that movie would be so fucking bad <laughs> thank god you know some things are not meant to be pushed beyond what they already are. Uh-huh. And that is just fine with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a fun concept. It's definitely fun. For those of you who didn't obsessively listen to the original soundtrack, which featured who was supposed to be the original narrator of the film, Patrick Stewart. Um, Sir Patrick Stewart? Sorry. <clears throat> Sir Patrick Stewart. Um, he's fantastic. But he explains in the intro and the outro, all of these holidays work all year round to produce their holiday for once, uh, one day a year. And then at the end of the film, it's revealed, or sorry, not the film, but at the end of the soundtrack, it's revealed all of the holidays are now aware of each other and know each other's names and know each other's worlds. Mm. And now there's like this acknowledgement of each other's existence. And now there's like peace and harmony is restored. It's a really sweet moment at the end of the track where the narrator, and we don't really know who he is, but he asks Jack a question. He's like, if you could do everything over again, knowing what you know now, would you do it again? And then Jack says, wouldn't you? So it's like a really nice moment of Aww. like, of course like, I would do it. it yeah, was, it was worth it. It was chaos, and I, I have some regrets, but... I think we're all the better for it. And it's just like very touching and sweet. And I like it a lot. I mean, that's cool. That That's another moment I feel like mm -hmm. should be in the film. Yeah. Because I don't, we were there talking were a lot of it. unnecessary cuts. It's probably fucking Tim Burton's dumbass. <sighs> yep. Because whenever someone had a good idea, apparently he would just say, no, don't do that. And then me, 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 kick a hole in a wall yep. and then go film Batman or whatever. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. As you said, on the soundtrack, they have a little extra in the intro as well. Yes. Where Sir Patrick Stewart, he continues further than the movie intro does. And what does he say? Oh, have you ever wondered where holidays come from? If you haven't, well, I say it's time you'd begun. And then Sir Patrick Stewart goes on to say something about how, I don't know, it just leads into the film so much better because it's like, this is how two holidays met by mistake. And it's just, ah, it's just like so, yeah, so that, much more theatrical. That's, that's the punchline, yeah. Yeah. Or the ending line. It says, until two of them met by mistake. Mm -hmm. Because then it's just, to me, ooh. It's like, ooh, what's going to happen here? What's happening here? Yeah. Which I enjoy. I just looked it up. It's called The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oogie's Revenge oh. is the sequel. It's very expensive because it's on PlayStation 2. Mm. and there's not a lot of copies left. Did you ever play it? No, but I want to. That's mm. what I'm saying. I feel there, like... There are playthroughs on the internet that yeah. I've seen yeah. glimpses of. But so. it's funny because it is a sequel. Yeah. It's firmly a sequel to the movie Wild. Wild. Is that the first time ever that's happened? <laughs> I think so. It's, it's like a weird. film whose sequel is a video game. Mm -hmm. That's weird. It is strange. Oh, you love this one. Why don't you talk about the mayor? I will talk about the mayor all day long. He's got some kind of 
bipolar disorder, and I love it. Jack. Jack. I'm only an elected official here. I can't make decisions by myself. I love Which him. is funny. Henry, you did it again. So funny. Great commentary on politicians in mm-hmm. general. Because he's an elected official. It should be his job to handle things. But as here it is, is IRL, he always defaults to the celebrity. Yep. The person who has the money and the fame and lets them make the choices because politicians are just pawns mm-hmm. to those who are really in charge. Yeah. Love it. He's so cute. I and love the split. That's like a dream costume slash cosplay for me is the mayor because the older i get the more and more he is my favorite character of this film Mm -hmm. because he's so funny and his design is just so unique and i love how he's shaped like a bell (laughs) in his little spider bow tie it's just he's got a great design a great voice oh he's got a great voice i was thinking i wish he had his own little song because mm-hmm. i love his voice in the if intro. this were to become a stage musical he would have oh, his yeah. own number it would be him panicking and running around trying yep. to get things in line and he can't mm-hmm. do it without jack nope sounds hilarious sounds like it would it would be a jazzy no nah, probably not a jazz number it'd probably be more of like um <laughs> something more like hectic like he would get he would get thrown into the middle of a can can line, yeah. you know that classic bit, very something in that vein. And he'd be held up by them because they're much taller than him. Yes. So he's mm-hmm. just like, uh, uh. Uh, I can't kick my little feet. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm here for that. That mm-hmm. sounds fun. Yeah. No, I love the mayor. Why? It's fantastic. Cause he's just he he's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's very timid and he's he's got like an anxious attachment style. And he's very nervous almost all the time. But when he's happy, oh, he's happy. It's great. He's got such a cute little face. Mm-hmm. His little swirly eyes. And then when he's afraid, it's just like those little pinpoint pupils. And he's just uh. like, oh. Yeah, he's quick <laughs> to panic, too. Oh, that's me every day of my <laughs> life. Love it. I know we talked about the other towns briefly. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Looking at some of the holidays they chose, mm-hmm. you know, as we've said here on Show Dependent, Halloween, Christmas, amazing theming, amazing seasons, mm-hmm. very strong. There's a tree that has a turkey on it. It's not a tree. It's just a turkey. Leads me to believe. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's not a tree. There's a tree. It's just a turkey-shaped door, my love. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're saying that the door is on the tree. I was, I was, <laughs> what? What I got confused happening? because the Christmas tree door is shaped like a Christmas tree. Yeah. So I thought you were saying that the Thanksgiving door was a tree shaped door with a turkey on it. And I said, no, <laughs> no. not right. Um. <laughs> anyway. I understand what you're saying now. Okay. Which leads me to like, what is Thanksgiving land like? <laughs> You're just watching <laughs> pilgrims murder Native Americans? I really, really hope not. <laughs> I hope it's just like, a town. what is that place like? I just want it to be full of turkeys and that's it. It's an all-turkey town. It's just like a turkey run? Yeah. Yeah. It's like when people like run on Thanksgiving. It's just a bunch of jacked turkeys. Oh, getting lean? Yeah. <laughs> that lean meat. <laughs> It's all white oh, meat, God. baby. And then it's like Cats the Musical, <laughs> where the winner, the winner of like the town competition, oh, is sacrificed. Eaten? Yeah. Oh, 
Maybe that's where all the turkeys come from. Instead of the wicker man, it's a wicker turkey. No! Not the bees! Not the bees! Not the cranberry sauce! (laughs) (laughs) Not the green beans! Maybe that's what it is, though. As long as we leave out the genocide. As long as we leave out the actual implications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that version more. I mean, that's more fun because I thought, what is. Because Christmas makes sense. Halloween makes sense. Yeah, and like St. Patrick's Day would work because it's just like. A town full of leprechauns. 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 And then, what was the other one? There's Easter. Easter, which we know the Easter bunny's there. Valentine's Day? Maybe. That would probably just be a bunch of little cupids. Yeah, that does make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think Thanksgiving... Or it's just like an orgy behind the door. Oh, eyes wide (laughs) shut. Oh, no. Yeah, turkey, turkey day, Thanksgiving. I just, I saw that and thought, what the fuck is going on there? This one... Again, Thanksgiving just makes the least sense as a holiday theme to me. Yeah. Genocide. Yay. And they could have, again, I'm talking a lot about sequels and potential. Imagine they made a sequel where Jack goes to the other ones. Mm-hmm. A what's this for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or Easter or whatever. I don't need a film. I just need like a like a 20-minute spinoff yeah. where they, <clears throat> they take turns going to each other's lands. Oh, like they Harbor all shift, Day. they all shift one door to the right. All right, everyone something. rotate. Yep, rotate. We got fifteen minutes, and then we Look rotate. Look around. Don't take anything like Jack did. Jack. Fucking thief. Those long, spindly fingers can hold a lot, can't they? Hey, what do you want me to do, huh? Stop stealing and appropriating culture. I'm taking this egg. I'm putting them in my eyes. They're eyeballs now. <gasps> That's kind of cute. Aww. <laughs> Let's talk about Oogie Boogie and um, the implications of him. My man, but not the bad parts. Yeah, it's that's the shitty thing is that it's a really, really good character. And the design is fantastic. The voice acting is great. The music is phenomenal. But turns out Oogie Boogie is like a derogatory racial slur used in the american south to to, like talk about a black person which i did not know about any i didn't either really didn't even think about no how would i I? we're not from the south huh i was like what why (laughs) and apparently apparently tim tim burton knew that this was a derogatory like slur and he said we're doing it anyway well, to be fair, he's got an aesthetic. <laughs> it's being racist. <laughs> My aesthetic is Hitler. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, not too far from the way some people are acting these days. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah. It, yeah I- and he's. Oogie's voiced by a black man, and he sings jazz. And, <laughs> and he has a gambling addiction. Oh, he does. And he's a sexual predator. Oh, no. Um, He seems to be cannibalistic in mm. some ways. Yeah, he eats people. Yeah, bugs. Things. And people. Also, he employs children. Yeah. And makes them do his bidding. Otherwise, he'll do something to them. Eat them, I guess. I guess. Yeah, it fucking sucks. I don't know. The more you think about that, the worse it gets. Yeah. But it's weird because now Oogie Boogie has become synonymous with this film yeah. and this character and it's not seen as a negative thing, at least in my experience no. at all, because I've never heard of this. No. I don't know what, you know, 
the culture that it is disparaging mm-hmm. the black people um, have to say about it. Yeah. I can't speak for them, obviously, and I don't want to. No. So I can't say it doesn't offend me because it's not was never offensive to me to begin with. I just was completely ignorant to the fact and yeah. learned about this like within the past year. Yeah. So oh, this is just kind of jarring news for both of us. Yeah, it's fucking wild. I didn't know about it until like three days ago. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's sad. But he's such a... That's the hard thing is like, it's... He's iconic. He is the main... It's him, Jack, and Sally. They are the main trio of icons. And he is like the big bad. And you love him. Mm -hmm. Because he's so... He's a fun villain. He's so fun. Aren't the villains in Disney films always the best part? Oh, wait. This isn't a Disney film. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Shouts out to Henry Selleck and Touchstone. Oh, he's fantastic. I love how in our an episode we did recently, you talked about Spider's Man. <laughs> yeah, that, Spider's that, Man. That's basically what Oogie Boogie is. I guess it is, huh? Yeah, because he's just made out of bugs in a burlap sack. But for bad instead of good. Yeah. Or just for neutral. He's how do you feel hungry. about Oogie Boogie? Oh, he's malicious. Is he? Yeah, I think he wants to eat Santa for a reason. Hmm, but what's the reason? He's big and tasty. Yeah, see, that's I guess neutral, he's, he's, right? Yeah, I, I, or he doesn't, he's... He doesn't say it... No, but his, he's evil. He cheats. I mean, they say that. But he like, cheats. Jack, Jack says he's evil. What's he say? Don't talk to that... Rotten, no good, oogie boogie. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he cheats, but everyone cheats, you know? He's at, like, games? Who hasn't tapped the table he and literally, made the dice? He literally said... I like gambling with people's lives. Like, what the hell? Our lives are on the line. Yep. I'm an Oogie Boogie apologist, so give me a second here. <laughs> I Get think that on a, a bumper sticker. I think he's a neutral party. Yeah, but it's yeah, kind of wild more... that there's like a bad guy within the Halloween universe. Yeah, he's Isn't a chaotic weird? neutral. Yeah, probably. Because he just does everything for himself. Because he didn't have anything to do with Santa until Lock, Shunk, and Barreled. You were like, hey, we're they're cons- bringing him. conscripted by Jack yes. to get Santa Claus. Then they turned it around and gave it to Oogie Boogie. I wanted an origin story for Oogie Boogie. Like, Ooh. why is he the big bad? How did he get to be the, the way he man. is? Yeah, but like, how? And why Why is he not in more of a position of power need Boogie. like Jack is? A Halloween story or a Nightmare Before Christmas tale. I need a comic. Sally's getting one. Zero had one. Zero has one. I have the second issue of that. Yeah. yeah Sally's getting her own co- copy of Listen, a comic. I, I'm so. just saying, you know, I don't think... Bo- Oogie Boogie was none the wiser. Yes, Santa fell into his lap, and then he just said, well, now that this thing is here, I'm going for it. He'd apparently heard of Santa Claus. Yeah. Sandy Claus. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that he is malicious in the sense that he is going to eat someone. He also tickles he... Sally's foot. <laughs> that's gross and weird. Um, Which is so funny. It's very funny, it's funny but very gross. His immediate thing, yeah, I mean, yeah. But he immediately, he funny. saw a leg and then immediately said, mm, I'm going to tickle this foot. He yeah. immediately takes the shoe off. Like, dude, look at this freak over here. He's got a foot fetish. He's about to lick these toes. Uh-huh. Suck on him. Does he have a tongue? He does. Yeah, it's a snake. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it's green. No, it's it's red and black. Well, I was wrong on both fronts. <laughs> Never mind that. Don't question my knowledge on this film. 
Yeah, well. I'll probably make some mistakes, but I'll probably get most of it right. I, I, I've got like a like an 89% accuracy rate on this film, probably. Mm, okay. That's pretty high. Almost an A. Almost. Not quite. Not quite. I just want justice for Oogie Boogie. He didn't do anything wrong. He he was made Until that he way. almost did something wrong, but he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. My bugs. My bugs. Bye-bye, Oogie. Another character. Sally. Sally. Who, in retrospect, is just a lame simp. Oh, um, lame. She's, I don't know. I like her, but she's kind of annoying in her blind Ow. adoration. But I guess it's not blind because she's the only person that pushes back on Jack's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Everyone else, whatever Jack says, mm-hmm. I will do. Sally, at the very least, says, this doesn't sound like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then Jack says, who are you? And then walks off. He said, make my suit, bitch. Mm-hmm. Get out. Sally's an interesting character to me. You know, I'm an Oogie Boogie apologist. <laughs> We've established that today. For Sally, I feel like she's in some ways more of a protagonist than Jack is. Yeah. Even though she's clearly not the main character. Mm-hmm. She is always working towards something good and trying yes. to stop bad things from happening. Whereas mm-hmm. Jack is kind of making bad things happen. Yep. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that Sally is in the position that she's in. Yeah. Because she... She's a rebel. Yeah, she's a rebel. She's active. Yeah, She it's tries weird. to save Santa Claus herself. She's like an... She's both active and passive. It's really... She's a very dynamic character you tell me she's a somewhat fleshed out character not yeah. just one tone yeah she's got some nuance which is kind of non-existent for female characters in tim burton's universe oh god most of them are just like there for you to look at and be gaunt and just like kind of edgy <laughs> and that's that's about it and also be helena bottom carter or winona Ryder. yeah yep that's yep. it if you're not one of them mm-hmm. you better look for work elsewhere yeah yeah, it's she's great. Her aesthetic is iconic. Her patchwork dress yeah. is just oh, so cute. And her stitching. Everyone Jumping out it. of a fucking window for a man. My God. <laughs> we thought Bella was a simp. Hey, she knew she would survive, though. Bella Swan said, I'm going to die for this dick. Sally mm. said, I'll do you one better. I will jump out of a window and sew myself back together again to be with this man. For that bone dick. Bone daddy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Gotta stop. Th- I gotta stop thinking about a bone penis. That's a weird thing for me with, with Sally, which I tried to figure out when we watched it this last time. Doctor Finkelstein, yeah, and Sally. Mm-hmm. The doctor made Sally. Yes. I don't know why. For yeah. myself, I really don't understand because, in most ways, I read it as he made her to be his daughter. Kind of? Yeah, it's definitely more of a father-daughter relationship. But then sometimes it feels like it's like a Uh, uh husband-wife or a master-slave. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it reads that way in the film. And I would say it's maybe just because the doctor just doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. You know, he made the daughter, so he's kind of being that old school, I made you, you need to obey me. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll take you out of this world. Perfect. Really healthy parenting. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just, I don't know how to feel about the doctor either because I feel... I think he's a fine guy. 
Yeah, here's here's the thing. In Kingdom Hearts, let me bring it back to that a little bit. In Kingdom I mean, Hearts, Kingdom Hearts provides a lot of lore that we don't get. <laughs> yeah, he's somewhat. And that's another weird thing. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'll save it for the episode. In Halloween Town, Kingdom Hearts, the main enemies are heartless. Mm-hmm. They're like evil darkness things. And the citizens of Halloween Town kind of like them. Yeah. And the doctor experiments on them and he makes new heartless because of his experimenting. So he kind of, in a way, supports the bad guys, even though he doesn't necessarily mean to. And then Oogie Boogie being the big bad, he uses them for his own gain and tries to take over Halloween Town. Mm, mm-hmm. But because of that, I don't know, it, the Doctor kind of reads to me as more of an antagonist because he can control, like, evil entities. Oh, yeah. And in the film, I just feel like he's not really good or bad. No, I think he's another, like, neutral party. And one thing that's definitely easy to observe from Tim Burton's work is that he's obsessed with creation stories. He's in love with, like, the Dr. Frankenstein relationship with his creatures. A huge part of Edward Scissorhands is that relationship between creator and creation. So I think, from what I gather, I think that maybe Finkelstein created Sally originally as a partner. But once she came out of the process, he was like, oh, I really don't like her. (laughs) She's not what I want, which is why he ends up making a secondary. Didn't make her hot enough. Yeah. He makes another thing. Yeah, he makes a wife at the end named Jewel. Oh, you missed that, I guess. Um, when do you see that? Remember. Do we get to see it? Yes. What? So while, I'm going to look it up. While he's, it's like in between the time where Sally like sneaks away and he makes the reindeer, he's like testing out skulls to put on a body and he's like, you and I will have conversations worth having. And he rips out half of his brain and puts it in a new skeleton. And that's his wife at the end of the film. And her name is Jewel. And they look the same. They have like the same big lips. And she looks like Madonna or not Madonna, but like um, Marilyn Monroe type, like with the blonde hair and the Uh hat. And she pushes him around in a wheelchair. (laughs) And they're super happy together. They do look cute together. Yeah. I remember this now. Yeah. I remembered her doing half the brain, but I didn't remember that they actually showed her. Because it's just very brief, Oh, it's very, very brief, yes. That's why. I must have not been looking at the screen. Mm Mm-hmm. She's cute. Yeah. She looks like him. Yeah. They're happy together. And that's why he wasn't happy with Sally. He was... I think originally it was a partner relationship that he was trying to create for himself. But then he kind of realized, like, this is my first real creation. I need to be careful with Sally? it. And nurture it. Yeah. yeah. Which is why he's so protective of her. Is because he's like, you're, mm. you're my creation. I want to make sure that you're okay and you're safe. And, you're... and he's very loving. He's like, yeah. this is a phase. It'll pass. And then Sally's just like, but I, this is the way I am. I can't change. You made me this way. You better do what Which I want to do. Which is why he results to making a new partner for himself. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I'm looking at this thing right now, this wiki. Mm, brings mm-hmm. up an interesting point. I'm just going to steal it from the internet. If you Google Perfect. it, you can see it. It just said, you know, because Jewel has half of his brain, that makes him, that makes her his intellectual equal. Yes. Which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. You know? So that makes them equal. Mm-hmm. He's not above her or below her. Yeah. They're partners. And she helps him, which is nice. 
Yeah. Instead of actively trying to poison him like somebody else we know. <laughs> frog's breath. What? I thought you liked frog's breath. Nothing's more suspicious than frog's breath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that sort of makes him better. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I always thought he was really nice. And he got so excited when he was when Jack's like, I need to do some experiments. He's like, excellent. Mm-hmm. He got like hyper he about it. He likes science. He does. It's really nice. And that's what science should be, is neutral. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Jack. Oh, the bone daddy himself. Bone daddy himself, the king of the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. He's the pumpkin king. Yep. Which is interesting because he doesn't look like a pumpkin unless he's dressed up. Yes. I digress. It doesn't need to make sense. I it's feel fine. like Jack is more of an antagonist. Absolutely. <laughs> than he is a protagonist. He is the enemy. He's the driving force for the plot of this film and as we all know most of the time a plot is known as a problem yep he completely sets the problems in motion and everything bad happening is because of him yep and he sort of actively works to make it worse yep until it event until he is allowed to do a fucking face turn yep and become the hero at the end and then everyone's just like all right, well, it's yeah, Jack. It's, it's Jack. Eh, let it slide. No, it's weird. I think it's weird. Yeah, no, because... it's it's weird because you don't really root for him. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop doing this. Yeah, why are you appropriating this culture right what now? Are you why doing? are you stealing from them, you British-looking motherfucker? <laughs> you better put those pyramids back. He doesn't have back. a face, but you know what that face looks like, and it's British as hell. It looks like Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Yeah, no, it's... Jack is a really complicated character. Yeah, I mean, you love him. You love him, but why? Yeah, why? Why do we like him? Why do we love him? Because of his amazing singing voice. Because he's got the big sad. His charisma. He's tall. He's very relatable. He's not dark. He's well-dressed. He's He's in a dark suit. He's handsome. He's very handsome. At least I think so. He's got a nice smile. He does. Mm -hmm. And he is a fan of theater. Yes, he's very theatric. He's a leader. Not a follower. Nope. He... He doesn't take no for an answer. No, he does not. He's very aggressive, actually. I think that the reason I liked Jack growing up is because I looked at him and I was like, one, this is a man who can sing. Very (laughs) attractive to me. I love it when when men are not so insecure that they won't sing a little song about their feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, That's always very endearing to me. But I think it was more of like the... The willingness to fail. Yeah. Because he, he went in with the best of intentions. And at the end, when he failed, he said, well, that didn't work. <laughs> um, well, that's that. I guess I'll try to fix this as best as I can. Mm-hmm. And we'll, then we'll go from there. He never really wallows. He feels the feeling Except and then the moves beginning. forward. Yeah, but well, that's... Um, definitely definitely that, hollowing. Yeah, but that was a moment. It's not like the whole film, he's like, I want to kill myself even though I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Like, no. He he feels that sadness, and then he comes up with a solution, or what he thinks is a solution. He's a man of action. And as a person who is very inactive in their own life, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's pretty inspiring to see somebody go after something like that. Yeah? Someone say a little too much? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't know when to stop. Because he's, Which he's, is why he needs Sally. He's also pretty selfish. <laughs> Extremely selfish. He only thinks about himself and what can help him achieve his goal. Yes. He finds Christmas, says, that's mine now, takes it, 
and then hires children to go kidnap Kidnap. a man and thus puts this man in mortal danger because I don't know why he trusts these kids. And don't they question, does the doctor or Sally question why he's doing this? Like, you can, do you think you can trust these kids? The mayor does. Oh, "Oh, boogies, boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's the mayor. See, even the mayor, who's very, doesn't know what's going on. He's like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Hey, whatever, mayor, go fall down or something. Yeah, but Jack spins it as like he's doing Santa a favor. It's like, you get the year <laughs> off, old man. Put your feet up. I didn't Meanwhile, ask for this. He's not looking <laughs> over Santa at all. He's just like, okay, kids, babysit this old man. All right, be careful with that guy. Don't, don't do it. What, kill him? Don't do it. I'm oh, not going to be gonna there. Oh, we're going to kill him, Jack. I'm not going to be there. You can do whatever you want. Don't do the thing. Don't do it, though. Yeah, don't do it. All right, go do whatever you want. I'll see you later. So, yeah, Jack, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about him. He's chaotic. I like him a lot, though. He's very likable. I'm going to give it, like, 98% to Danny Elfman's voice. Yeah. I think that's what does it for me. Uh Uh-huh. I forget who voice acts, Jack. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I I, he's up. got a sweet voice, too. But Oh, yeah. And that's the fun thing is that their voices match perfectly. Yeah, it syncs up well. Like, if you didn't know that it was a different voice actor, you would not notice at all. Mm-hmm. But the only reason we know is because we know. Um, you know? I know. <laughs> I love Danny Elfman. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Please, Danny, don't ruin this for me. If you, you have any skeletons, again? keep them in the closet. Um, Much like Jack. Yes, keep Jack in the closet, please. Um, it's Chris Sarandon who voices Jack Skellington. Hmm, I don't know who that is. He, oh, he played Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. <gasps> he's hot. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Do you not think he's attractive? He's a handsome man. I think yeah, he's yeah, handsome. Yeah, 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 I see it now. Anyways. I, okay. Look at that. All right. It worked. There he is. And then Danny Elfman looking like just a dude. Uh-huh. Looking like Elton John's cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Jack, I mean, what more can I say? I can say a little bit more. He sets upon, he, uh, sets upon a town, terrorizes them on Christmas night. He puts Santa in danger. He endangers so many people that the U.S. military, which is quick to shoot, I know. We'll give it. We'll give the the military the benefit of the doubt on this. Yeah, it seems like they made the right call. People for once. were seemingly gonna die here. Yeah, like he puts kids in danger, but in the end he comes around and redeems himself. You think? He he. Yeah, here's a weird I mean, thing. here's mm. a weird thing that I feel. Yeah. You know he's selfish. He seemingly really doesn't think about anyone else no. except for him and Zero, who he definitely cares about. Zero. He loves his little ghost dog. Um. And then at the end, he just says, you know, how dare you be so mean to my friends? They're your friends, dog? Yeah, you, you haven't been think acting about like, them. I haven't been acting like they're your friends at all. He seemingly doesn't even really know who Sally is. I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> He's like, oh, hello, girl I went to high school with this entire time and sat next to you in multiple classes. He's like, huh. What's your name? Do we go to high school together? And she's like, we've been in the same class for 12 years. Yep. All right. Anyways, thanks for this drink that makes a butterfly Mm -hmm. pretty does he he says her name right no he knows who she is (laughs) yeah absolutely he just doesn't understand that she is absolutely in love with him Uh uh-huh because he's in love with himself (sighs) yep narcissist damn it damn you jack 
Well, it all turns around in the end. Thank you, Santa. He saves Sandy Claus. He saves Sally. And then that's all it takes for Jack to just be like, hmm, I know I acted like I didn't even know who you were, but I am in love with you. Yep. And we should spend the rest of our lives together. And it's revealed on the CD that they get married and have five to six kids together. See, so he does have a bone dick. Or... And she Dr. does have a vagina. Or Dr. Finkelstein made their kids for them. Aww. That's the non-sex I don't version. Know. What do they look like? I don't think there's actual art. I think there may be oh, fan it's art. All fan art. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I think they are skeleton faces. Henry, where are you at? That's adorable. They are skeleton faces, but they've got like ragdoll bodies. That's adorable. It's so cute. Oh my god. You're so cute. <laughs> and and guess what? They huh. play in a xylophone band. Really? It yeah. says all that? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Why did they put that in the film? Or Because Tim Burton's a fucking asshole. The, the ending of the film, now that I just remembered it, is pretty solid. Yeah, there's the iconic scene on Spiral Hill where it they ends kiss. With them embracing, saying we're simply meant to be. Kiss. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. Boom. End it. Yep. Henry Selick, you wild for this one. The little twinkle in the night sky. Yeah. Uh, okay yeah all right well and canonically they end up having kids together isn't that fun and zero can never die guys isn't that great news that's uh, what every pet owner mm-hmm. wishes yep eternal pets mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and Cause... also every pet because they enjoy being pet yeah so every pet also wishes for eternal pets yes but a different definition correct fantastic mm-hmm. i want to wrap this up quickly but just saying, Henry Selick deserves more. Mm-hmm. And, and Caroline Thompson, because she was the and, like, screen. Yeah, she wrote the screenplay. Yeah, she wrote the screenplay. Yes. I'm happy that now they're starting to get the credit they deserve, and mm-hmm. more people are saying it's stupid Tim Burton's name is on it when Henry Selick directed it, and it gets no love, yeah. essentially. Essentially, he's forgotten to history on this film, because everyone just assumes Tim Burton did it. Mm-hmm. I know Henry Selick, he's done other things. Yeah. But the fact that he directed this juggernaut <laughs> that still to this day makes Walt Disney so much money. Oh, yeah. Especially around Halloween. Oh, yeah. And Tim Burton's name is attached to it. So everyone just thinks he did it and he gets the credit. Mm-hmm. I think it's a crime. It's ridiculous. For sure. It's sad. I don't know what Henry's up to now. Hopefully not animating problematic people of color but uh <laughs> hopefully it's grown a little bit since hopefully the 90s learned about that this, Asian this film is almost 30 years old which is insane to think about yo isn't that wild yeah i'm definitely super super happy that we got to talk about it oh yeah so let's head to our final segment kind of ish it's the dtr define the relationship and let me tell you this i really do love this movie I enjoy the characters a lot. I love Oogie Boogie. If I had to pick a favorite, he might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Jack is a close second. The mayor may be third. Fair enough. But these characters are so much fun. They have so much life and they feel real, as we said. The music to me, synonymous with Halloween. And because I love video games and this video game franchise, Kingdom Hearts, I will forever love halloween and halloween town because of that franchise and its connection with this film and just how it all just makes me remember such a good time in my life Mm -hmm. because i legitimately 
loved playing that game and going to Halloween Town every single time. Absolutely. It's such a cool moment. It feels so different. And just being able to fight alongside Jack and you get to see Sally and Zero leads you places and you fight Oogie Boogie at the end. It just makes me feel so much more connected to this movie and made me want to know more. I think that if I were to equate this with a relationship, I would say it's more of a, like a cousin that lives across the country. Aww. Who you, you see them about once a year, maybe around Halloween. (laughs) That's convenient. And they fly in and you meet them the first time and you realize, wow, this person's really cool. And they're part of my family. This is awesome. You know, we have mutual interests. We get along very well. Sucks that they're gone the majority of the year. But when they come back, we always have a great time and we really enjoy being together. Mm -hmm. Plus, obviously, Kayla, my other half, absolutely loves this movie. Mm -hmm. So that makes me like it even more because I know it makes her happy and brings her joy and all these things. So I, of course, love watching this film and I would love to know more. And I think I would love to read the comics, read the new things that... Because apparently a few things have been announced mm. that are coming out soon. Yeah. And as I said, if I somehow get my hands on this sequel video game, I definitely want to play it. I just want to know more about it. And I want Henry Selick to get the credit he deserves. Absolutely. My relationship with this film was kind of obvious from the jump. This is... This film's probably better than a best friend to me. It's more of like a sibling relationship, if I'm being honest. Because as long as I've had conscious memory, like this film has been a part of my life. And so we've kind of grown up together. And yeah, I've learned some problematic things about this <laughs> uh, this franchise. But it doesn't change the fact that um, that this, this franchise, well, not franchise, but this film um, was there for me at a really dark point in a lot of my adolescence and if I was ever feeling sad or low I was able to like put on the soundtrack and dance around my room and feel a little bit better about not being happy with the situation I was in it really brought out a really um the darker side of my artistic style which was fun to explore throughout my adolescence I was I was given an art project in middle school and I actually made a little Jack Skellington figurine that I was really proud of. Nightmare has always been a part of my life and it probably will continue to be. Currently, I have a room in my house dedicated to Nightmare Before Christmas. It goes up every Halloween season and stays up through Christmas now. I collect the figurines. As silly as it may look to other people on the outside who just associate Nightmare Before Christmas with like scene girls and Hot Topic... It's a genuinely touching film that um, helped shape me into the woman I am today, and I'm really grateful for it, and I appreciate all the artists that put the thousands of hours that they did into the project because it was worthwhile. It makes my makes my Halloween and Christmas season, season that much brighter every year, so in it for life. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're show dependent? I am show dependent completely and utterly amazing mm-hmm. well that will do it our friends out there listening thank you so much for taking the time out supporting us on another episode we've had a blast recording it if you liked what you heard please do us a favor follow here or anywhere you listen to podcasts download and spread the word 
tell your friends, maybe your Halloween trick-or-treating group or whoever, you know, you gather around in the Christmas season with because this movie is both. Yep. Oh, I never got to ask you the question. What? Is this a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? Oh, the eternal question? Yes. For me, it's a Christmas movie. I know. You just didn't tell the people that. I wanted you to share your opinion. What did you tell them? I didn't tell them anything. So what do you think? Aha. I think it is a anytime you want to watch a movie (laughs) movie. (laughs) Get out of town. (laughs) You like my non-answer? No politician this answer. (laughs) No, it's probably a Christmas movie. I think you're probably right. The themes are more Christmas than they are Halloween, even though Halloween is a focal point. But guess what? At the end, Halloween Town has a Christmas, so there you go. Hooray! Congratulations. It's fine. No one ultimately cares. And if you do care, you need to get a life and figure out (laughs) something else. Let everyone you hang out with during the holidays know that you can find Show Dependent on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to follow the podcast page on Twitter and Instagram, the name there is Show Dependent Pod. That is S-H-O dependent pod if you want to follow myself my name is at victor v sweet on twitter and twitch and my other half kayla Hmm. where can you be found you can find me dramatically strewn across the arms of a of a decrepit statue in a graveyard Hmm. crying about my mistakes wow you can also find me on twitter at dj vivich fantastic the drama Mm mm-hmm do you see my eye makeup today? I'm nothing but dramatic. Are you kidding? I, I live for the theater. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that is it. But before we go, we always leave you with a little bit of a taste. Give you a preview of what's to come. And in our next episode, we fully transition from Halloween to Christmas with a film that only came out in the last two years, mm-hmm. but I believe is an instant classic. You wonder about Santa Claus. You wonder about his origins. You wonder about the strength of friendship mm-hmm. and what that could do to possibly change a man's life and make him realize all the good things that he can do for others. We're talking about the Netflix original movie, Klaus. Or Claus? I say Klaus. It's Klaus. A beautiful movie. Tears will be had. Oh, boy. Because this, to me, is an instant Christmas classic. Everyone should watch it every single year. And we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So thank you once again. And we will leave you with this because it is 2021. The last year maybe didn't go our way. But now, for this year, it's time to start recovering and get back and realize that this this year, year, Christmas Christmas will will be be ours. ours!